L-A-S. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. Hi, old friends. Naomi here. Did you wake up this morning thinking, I need more Naomi ridiculousness in my life? Well, surprise! <laughs> I'm starting a podcast, and it's called The Ruckus with me, Naomi Ruckus Rose. This podcast is for anyone like me who is constantly trying to grow for the betterment of themselves and for the world and for those of us that can be a little blunt in the comment section on Facebook and Instagram. This podcast is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. But wait, there's more. This podcast is free to listen to. But if you want to support local creators and get bonus content, subscribe to LAS Plus. For more information on that, go to LASPodcastNetwork.com. So join the ruckus with me, Naomi, every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcasts. I love you all. Some more than others. L-A-S. Hey everyone, Alan here. Oh my gosh, we are so close to the end of our first season. It's so close. We are so excited to share this last leg of the first season of our journey with you. If you want to keep up with all things Myria, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Myths of Myria. And also, if you enjoy the show, consider sharing it with your friends. It's like the easiest way to get the word around and share what's going on in Myria with your friends. I mean, like, we don't have a lot of people who, like, are, you know, like, going out there and, like, spending a ton of money for advertisement. The be- the best way for us to get around is from you guys. So if you have any chance to do that, please uh, share us with your friends. Um, or, I guess if you have the time, uh, reviewing us on Apple Podcasts is probably a good way to do that, too. Um, if you want to show us even more support, though, you can head on over to LASPodcastNetwork.com and sign up for LAS Plus, which comes with a whole mess of bonus content, ad-free episodes, and some pretty good bunny episodes, if I do say so myself. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much again for sharing the precious pieces of your time with us. And without, without, without further ado, welcome to Miriam. Her. Mm-hmm. You find yourself in a domed room. The stark difference in sound from where you just were to here is suffocating. 867 falls out of your hands, lifeless and dark. He's heavy in your arms, and he can no longer assist in lifting his own weight. Across the room, you see the man that you assume to be Arsenio. For you, since I've actually never given you his description, he's a tall, dark-haired, pale elven man, starting to show some signs of age. His eyes are a soft emerald green, and he is full clad in what seems to be some very nicely made black robes trimmed with a bright blue, almost giving off a neon feeling. His black hair is styled back on his head, one strand misbehavedly falling on the right side of his forehead. You look around, and you see these triangular shapes made out of some marbled stone that make up the floor and walls. All of them seem to be cradled in some sort of metal framing, and then they're all attached together with some sort of like blue-hued magical tether at the corners. In the center of the room is a plinth, not dissimilar from the one that held your belongings in the mausoleum that you woke up in only a couple days earlier. This one, however, does not have a Fabergé box on it. This one has a golden hemispherical dial with a myriad of letters and symbols on it. There are brass arrows that encompass the outer rim of the hemisphere on this dark ring of stone, and it looks like you might be able to turn some pieces of this dial to have the arrows point in some direction 
uh, that points to the letters or symbols. Um, but your focus is immediately jostled away from the focal point of this room by a panting heave of speech. You hear Arsenio say, Oh my god, Lyra, I can't believe I'm looking at you. For the first time in years, you're, in, you're at home at last. Of course, you've changed your hair and your eyes, and, and many things have changed, but I, I can still see you, my little girl. I, I'm, I'm sure you're confused, but I promise you, I'm, I'm only trying to help. And he kind of, like, motions towards you with this kind of, like, almost, like, bowing. Uh, like, as he, as he comes towards you, he looks like he's, like, trying to be comforting, and he kind of pulls himself in in his posture to try and seem a little bit more, um, less threatening, if that makes sense. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, am I still casting my spell, the healing one? Uh, you had tried to cast that, yeah. uh, and then you got teleported during it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you can choose right now to continue doing it or not. I would like to continue doing it and pull my focus away from Arsenio. Okay. Um, um I will say, make me a medicine check right now. Oh, no. Is it medicine if it's a robot? Uh, you can roll me medicine or, in, or just straight intelligence. Okay. Um, 19. 19. You are pretty sure that with your ability to heal, you know that it's, like, effective. However, um, 867 is beyond the modicum of healing that you're able to provide. 867 is cold and dark on the ground. There is, there is a lot more damage done to him than is repairable by a simple reversal of time. Um, I sort of sit on my knees and look at the broken face of 867 and I kind of cup his head. It's heavy. Normally, like when you've interacted with him before, he's kind of like adjusted to make himself seem less heavy. You know how like when you like carry like, you know, a dog (laughs) and they're like trying to be really difficult. They seem heavier than if they're trying to work with you. Mm -hmm. For him... It's just nothing but weight. Um, I just look down at him and I say, I must admit, in the four days that I've been alive, I've thought about what should happen in this exact scenario and I must say I'm disappointed. The people I've met have taught me kindness. And they've shown me what love looks like. And most of all, they're teaching me how to be patient. And you are a very, very lucky man. You are very lucky that my friends are good people, Arsenio, because I can feel my patience wearing thin. Lyra is dead. And I am not her. And even if I was, you have gone out of your way to make sure that I was ripped away from the only people that I have ever known and called friends. I am disappointed, and not because of your love for your daughter, but your utter disregard and disrespect for her and her wishes. You had the chance to talk to them and ask if you could see me. You could have sent someone to talk to me. You could have left your castle and come to talk to me yourself. You were going to do what you wanted to do anyways. And yet, here we are. You have sent numerous people to kill my friends. You've grievously hurt honor. You've torn me away from the only people that I have ever called family. And I'm sure you think you're doing it for the right reasons. You, as much as anyone else, want to protect me. But this is not it. So fine. Let's talk. Maybe I am Lyra and I've just forgotten, but know that this could have been avoided. And I'm disappointed in the choices that you have made to get us here. He kind of, like, looks at you, and as you continue on with this, this almost, like, fatherly sternness washes over him. Right? And as you finish up, he just says, I know you are confused. I know you think you understand what's going on. You have forgotten everything that I have done for you. 
And in this moment, where you look at me and you claim me the traitor, where your mind betrays our family, that is not the case. Understand, I have done everything in my entire life trying to get to where we are right now, saving you. I have put so much effort into trying to make sure that you are alive, to make sure that you're safe and healthy. I put a simulacrum spell on your corpse to save you, to see if I could someday revive you. And look, it worked. I did it. There's some drawbacks. But we'll get there. I got you here. I'm following through on my promise to my family. Do you understand me? Do you understand me? What do you think you're saving me from? I'm saving you from not knowing who you are. From throwing away half the life that you've already lived. I don't know who you think I am, but your daughter is dead. And like a phoenix from the ashes, I am here to take her place and I am not her. I have no idea who you are. I have no time for this. My actions today have set us on a path. I must see it through and I must alert your mother, Lyra. You must stay in this room. Do not move. And he walks over to uh, one of the walls of the triangles and he waves his hand in front of them. Uh, and it, as if they functioned like origami, they fold back and they open into a hallway further beyond. He then waves his hand over them again, folding them back behind him. Uh, roll me a perception check. Oh my God. I hate you. What? <laughs> uh, All right. Um, 14. 14. That's actually the DC. Yes! Um, you hear some muffled voices from beyond. You kind of move up towards the triangles where he left, and you kind of put your hands on the wall, mm -hmm. and you can't figure out a way to open them like he did. But you can hear muffled voices beyond them. Mm -hmm. And you hear Arsenio say, Celine, grab your things. Whatever you need, we are leaving. And Celine responds with, What? What in the world? Why? Because I've pulled some strings and Lyra's in the other room. I have made some important people very angry and it's time to leave. Celine responds back with, Arsenio Gildengard, those people told us that it wasn't Lyra anymore. She must be scared sick. Did she come with, here with you willingly? Who have you made mad? Arno, or sorry, Arno. Arsenio responds back, She did not, but only because she needs time with her family to remember who she is. As for the people I have made mad, the entire Varro, Caius, Arno... Then none of them matter as long as we have Lyra. Celine responds back, Arsenio, what about all we have built here? All the work we have put in here? What if this woman really is not Lyra? You're making decisions for people that are not yourself. You have just kidnapped someone who doesn't even know who we are. This is our only child, Celine. I would do anything for her. And Celine, like very sternly, replies back, Only child? I am pregnant, Arsenio, if you haven't forgotten that as well. You are endangering our next child by being unable to properly mourn the last. Get yourself together! And Arsenio returns back one more time, sternly accepting defeat. Get your things together! We are leaving now, and that is final. The decisions have been made. It's time to go! You hear a few more minutes of scuffling and shifting, muffled voices eating at the walls. The room is not getting hotter, but you feel a tense warmth that clings to your neck. Eventually, the panels peel back again, and both Arsenio and Celine Gildengard step through the panels. You now see Celine Gildengard for the first time ever in your life. You are first and foremost struck by her long silver hair just like yours before you dyed it. She is an odd, calming presence, even though her face is furrowed in worry. Very clearly, she is wearing a set of spectacular magenta laurels in her hair that seem to glimmer, almost as if fireflies were lighting up around her. 
She is very obviously with child, and she carries two cloth bags at her sides, and she paces into the room with a slight pregnant sway. Mm-hmm. Upon seeing you for the first time, she stumbles into the room and drops her bags on the ground as she falls to her knees. She looks up towards you with her eyes welled, and her face is lifted in sallow recognition. Her face turns to apologetic beseeching. Oh, come, my dear, there you are. I'm so sorry, I don't know what to do. Oh, oh there you are. I... She looks at you, and it's, there's a very stark difference between her and Arsenio. It's very clear that she's recognizing you, but that she understands that there are just things she is just not able to process, and she is just saying words to fill this space where she doesn't know how to react. Can I take her hands? She just sobs there as you walk up and she offers her hands up to her own face, trying to cup her head, trying to remove herself from the situation where you are in danger. And you take her hands and she just looks at you and she just says, I'm so sorry. I don't know what's happening. It's okay. I'm so it's sorry, okay. sweetheart. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Arsenio immediately brushes by her saying, Celine, must you do this directly in front of me? I must draw the circle. And he pushes back 867's body out of the way with a screeching across the floor. Uh, and he drops to the floor and takes out a large chunk of chalk drawing on the panels on the ground. Celine just stand, or kneels there looking at you, tears streaming from her face. And she just says, you look so beautiful. I, I, I don't know what you've done. You look great. <laughs> Thank you. Can you do me a favor? Anything. What do you need? Can you step out of the room? Um. She looks over towards Arsenio, who is very clearly in this trance of drawing, and she will make a stealth check. And she just says, he's going to be so mad. He's already been mad at me. She looks over her shoulder, um, and she looks at the panels behind her, and... She presses her hand on the panel behind. She tries to move it out of the way, and then she remember she's like kind of like has this sense of recognition on her face. Mm-hmm. And she looks up at you and she just says to you, "That dial, it it changes this room, all right? The dial in the center. Yeah, this was your this was your room. This was a room to teach you about the world. If things get confusing, just know that it's all an illusion, and it was meant to give you space beyond here, all right? That sounds awesome. Okay. It's Like, this whole time, she's just sobbing through tears, mm-hmm. like, heaving these words out to you between hefty breaths, um, and she puts her hand backwards on one of the panels, and it opens up, and she grabs her bags, and she walks out, and she just sternly looks back as Arsenio lifts his head, and he just says, What are you doing? And the panels close behind her. Is she out of the room? Yeah. Uh, I cast Magnify Gravity on the back part of the wall where Arsenio is by. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Can you tell me what Magnify Gravity does? Does he have to make a Um, He has to make a con saving throw. Okay, yeah. He will make a constitution saving throw. Uh, That's a five. No. (laughs) Okay. Oh, no. I don't want to kill him. Magnify gravity? Yeah, he okay. takes 2d8 force damage. Yeah! I don't want to kill him, I just want to knock him away from everything. This yeah. is the best way to do it. Alright. Okay. 10 damage? 10 damage, yeah, very nice. Uh, you, He just gets blasted backwards and he just says, You will not take this away from me. You feel this like tenseness start to well in your throat as he like accelerates backwards. He, immediately after this, gravity is... is magnified. He waves his hands and the spell effect just evaporates. The gravity reduces itself. uh, Or increases it. No, reduces itself back to normal, right? And then he just walks towards the center and pulls out that chalk and strikes at the ground, figuring out these next few moments of of teleportation. And he just says, if it's just you and me, then it's just you and me. I will come back for her soon. You start to feel that tenseness once again swell in your throat. Your breathing accelerates, getting louder and deeper. You hear your head 
taking up more of the auditory bandwidth of the room, Arsenio turns to you and says something in your direction, but you can't make it out as you start to hear blood pumping in your ears. We're big mad. We're big mad. As he says these words, you try and read his lips as his face starts to strain with frustration. As you stare at his mouth, you watch it start to take longer and longer to form words, like he's trying to slowly say something with patient malice. You, you, uh, you turn your head towards the wall where Celine was, and you look at the ground and you see tears on the ground from where she was. And as you look down, you see this kind of tremor appear across the surface of the tear puddle. And it moves incredibly slowly, almost imperceptibly so. Hmm. Almost not even moving in space. You nervously turn your head back to Arsenio, and you lock eyes with him as his emerald, uh, as his emerald eyes are indomitably wide. The space around him rips, uh, runes tearing around him, and his hand reversedly tracing the circle back on the ground, the chalk reversing back into the chunk that he has. The room is reduced to nothing, fading around you, piece by piece, evaporating and replacing itself with a different scene. Sky begins to pierce your vision, and you find yourself on a street looking into a sunset sky. You look around on the ground, and you observe all of the spattered blood and strewn dirt from the battle that happened only a short time ago. You find yourself back in the space where you were kidnapped by Arsenio. His arms around you again. What? A crowd at the scene starts to notice again and looks at where you are, you feel reinvigorated and you look at Arsenio and you see kind of like the back portion of him where he was kind of like crumpled in from your reverse gravity. Immediately, he seems better. You feel re-energized. The spell slot that you spent on that reverse grav or that in increased gravity is back. Arsenio looks at you and he just says, what did you just do? Don't pretend to know me. His eyes widen with incredible confusion. And he just says, We are going home, whether you like it or not. And immediately, the same spell reverberates around him again, blue runes spiraling above him. He flicks his wrist with the wand, now coming down at the ground one more time, and you are back in that room that you just were at, the triangles now lacing around you again, that same puddle of tears on the ground. It seems as though time only reversed for you and Arsenio, huh. but for no one else. He looks at you and he says, you can reverse time. You have no idea who I am or what I'm capable can of. Can you You can reverse time. We can do this all day. He gets down on the ground and he starts chalking out the circle again. He said, I don't know what happened to you with that simulacrum, but if you are more powerful now, Lyra, I'm, I am proud. And he starts drawing the circle on the ground again. You feel that same tension well up as he is ready to finish that spell one more time. We're going to keep doing this until you stop. No, I am going to take you somewhere safe. And he immediately starts to stroke that final piece of the circle. You don't get to make choices for me anymore. I am not your daughter. And the entire scene reverses again. You find yourself in that same moment, the sunset sky piercing in front of you. You see the crowd once again, larger this time, seeing that you are back in the same space. You're on the street one more time, the blood scattered around you. He looks at you and he says, who are you? When will you learn? 
Give me back my daughter. She's in there somewhere. She's dead. Pfft, the runes reverberate around you again. You teleport back into the triangle room one more time. He pulls out the jock and he slams it on the ground. He says, you will not take her from me again. She's already gone. Then you will take me to her. You have defiled her memory. He just gets down on the ground and starts spacing out that, that circle one more time. And in that same space, you reverse the time back again to where you were on the street. The chalk comes back into his hand, reforms unshattered into his palm. You see again those people standing around you, confused, worried, and there are like guards that start to appear now, looking, seeing Arsenio, and one of them just says, hey, there! And he just goes, you will not take her from me either. Runes explode out again. And teleportation once again happens back to the triangle room. He says, you will sit here and we will go to the next place that I have designated for us. That's what fathers do. They protect their daughters. I am not your daughter. I am in the body of your daughter and you cannot stop me. We will do this until you learn. And he just goes and strikes the ground again. This happens continuously over and over and over. You teleport five, six, seven times back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, regaining and losing energy every single time. It is exhausting, exhilarating, and confusing. And he continuously gets more and more mad. And over time, you see this face of this father permanently ready to save his daughter slowly because more and more disillusioned. One time during this entire scenario, he stops right as he get back to the triangle room and he just looks at you and he just says, I can't. You have even stolen the color of our eyes. You think I want to be here? You think I wanted any of this? I woke up in this God's damned body. I never wanted to be here. I didn't choose this for myself. If you are not going to give me her back, then you will reverse time to take me to her. <laughs> you can try. I can do this all day. But when will you stop and realize that she's gone? She's dead. I will never stop trying to save her. Then we will be here for the rest of your life. Then it will be worth it.
Shadow. Val. You lie there in the middle of the street, panting and exhausted. Val, you feel the air dry your throat as anger and resentment cloud your vision. The crowd sits in baited silence around you, recognizing you both as the main players in this event like an audience at a performance. They hold on to your actions and words. Around you, the bodies and blood of your previous combatants speak like a symphony of the actions that brought them to death's door. Kolgala lay in a heap, unable to even truly accomplish what he was hired for. A dismal and unproud mass, unfitting of a proud Firbolg. The two halves of Branesh lay amongst her viscera, gruesome and primally deconstructed with the mechanical and bloodstained hands. And finally, Villavar, his long coat now stained from the blood that trails out of his mouth and nose, a card now protruding from the portion of his face you might have been able to call a forehead at one point in time. You begin to hear some commotion down the road as you hear a familiar voice call out, Make way! Make way! City guard coming through! Caius looks down at the scene that lies around you, his eyes widening with each degree of the turn of his head. He looks at the both of you, he looks at Mimi, and he says, My gods, boys, what happened here? Oh, hey, you're a little late. What the hell happened here? Uh, we were attacked by these three fuckers. We were in the monster within, um, oh, fuck, Arno. And, uh, Valros, like, uh, pushes himself back up. You notice that as you push yourself up and you turn back over to the monster within um, you see that um, you see that Flark yes. currently is carrying Arno out of the monster within oh, over towards where you are uh, this table with a mouth with purple protruding like six foot tall legs and yeah. arms is now just slowly walking over with Arno in his hands uh, and the one extra broken horn of Arno in his right arm. Caius just looks around. He says, you two, get these bodies out of here. And he mo motions to some guards to start taking things away. Ka uh, Mimi looks up from the ground where she was. Uh, or did you have her in your arms, Shadow? I, had to I can't set remember. Her, I had to set her down right. so that her could heal her. Right, yep. So she's on the ground. She kind of like sits up a little bit now, kind of sore, but able to... Um, regain a little bit of her composure. Mm -hmm. She looks up and she just says, Oh, Caius, good to see you. And he just looks over and he says, What the hell are you doing here, Mimi? I'd, uh, I'd get up and just like, as I was just kind of staring at my hands after punching the ground, I'm assuming that one of my hand, I think it was my right hand, had gone through that person. Yeah. So it's, it's just covered with oh, yeah. dried blood. It's a gruesome sight. Your, your arms have like four different layers of things on them. The first is metal. Uh, I'd get up and just shake my head a little bit and go over to Caius and she and I'd take him like to the side a little bit. I've been tangled up with some interesting people in my past and it seems that the crossroads had her unfortunately at the middle. I brought her here as fast as I could, and I'd look around and duck down a little bit. She was shot by Vindor. He looks up and he just says, Vindor? Who's Vindor? And then, uh, can I do an inside check to see if he's, like, bluffing? Yeah, go ahead. He, like, actually doesn't know. Um... Just a seven. Yeah, seven. He legitimately looks like he has very little idea who you're talking about. Okay. Um, as you look around, both of you, you are observing the um, the crowd is basically um, talking to a bunch of guards, and they're starting to give kind of these, what would I say? Eyewitness uh, accounts. Eyewitness accounts to what's going on. Uh, and you start to see them, like they were, like, looking towards you with a little bit of like a defensive stature but as they start to get eyewitness accounts from other people now they feel a little bit more comfortable turning their backs to you sure. seeming as if they are less worried about uh, you Valros 
uh, gets to his feet and draws a card. And you watch as he takes that single card and he like starts at his head and just kind of begins working it down the down his body. Mm-hmm. And it begins to bend backwards. It doesn't touch him physically, but like how when you would run a card along something, how the card bends. Yeah. And as he does, you watch as all the blood that was on his body from this fight just like oh. trails down him yeah. and he just whisks it off with the card. Very nice. That's and then he crazy. looks at you and kind of offers it. I just shake my head. No. He puts I... it back in. Um, Caius. Quick question before we talk about this Vintner. Um, yeah. Killing someone for kidnapping, that's legal, right? Um, Kind of gray area, but I'm sure that most courts would find you uh, justified. Cool. Arsenio stole her. What? So, uh, yeah, he came. He's the one who sent these guys after us. Um, Are you? Where is she now? Uh, Probably with, at her house. Yeah, with him. Yeah. E- so I was he, gonna go and like he looks across fuck shit up like that he looks across the town like mm-hmm. in the direction of Arsenio's house he says it's far um it's gonna take you a little while to get there um and he says I think I think I think we both know that you two need to get moving um but really quick, I'm not gonna ask where you're going right now so that I have a little bit of plausible deniability I like it um but he grabs something off of his belt and he says what I do have is this and he has a wooden uh, belt box that he takes off of his hip, jostling it in his hands with a small amount of sentimentality. Um, He looks you in your eyes, determined and full of passion, and he hands it to you, and he says, this is my personal stash of teleportation cards. Uh, You can only, you can have up to four pairs at a time. I currently have three stashed around the city. One at your house, one at the church, and one at the guard barracks. There's also a blank pair in there for you to use how you like. Rip a card in half, and you and anyone who is touching you will be teleported to its pair. Now, I suggest you return Arno to his mother. She's a talented yeah. healer, and she may be able to help him. Um, what you do from there, and he kind of gives you a knowing look, that's up to you. <laughs> um, and you also do remember that the Guard house is super close to the guard barracks yeah, as well. Yeah, uh, yeah we definitely won't fuck shit up. I, um, I have no idea what you could possibly do. I must take care of this current uh, situation. Before we leave, the fuck is a vintner? That's probably something I can explain along the way. Um, before we go, I know that you know Mimi, but if you could take care of her, please. Yes, I, I, got, I got her. And Mimi looks up and she just says, Thank you, both of you. I, I know, I'm I know so sorry. I know it was confusing, but um, I see you. Thank you. Well, and she looks up at you specifically, Shadow. We'll see you at dinner. I um, maybe tomorrow if that's okay with you all. Yeah, that's fine. Yes. Okay. I think I need to rest a little bit. Um, and get some new food because I spilled it all over the ground. Oh. Um. All right, Caius. And she walks over and she stands next to Caius, kind of limping uh, over along the way. It looks like she's able to kind of um, walk now, which is good, but she's still kind of holding her side. Um, It looks like, I mean, because even after you heal something like that, it's still sore for a while, of course. So, yeah. Um, Flark? Flark, my man. Yeah, I'm Uh, here. And he he comes down, he kneels down beside you. He says, you want to take him or what's going on? Yeah, we're going to go. Um, Okay. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's not your fault. You did good. You did great. Okay. Um, hope you come back to the monster, but this isn't the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Hey, no matter what, um, I'm sorry. I hope uh, if you need anything, you know, tell the tell the mimics, okay? Because uh, we'll do. We're all friends now. So, or well, I want to. You got. Please save Arno. Oh, that that's. I think I'd uh, pick him up. Off the ground in my non-gory hand. Yeah. Um, you kind of, just, like, wick your hands off. You yeah. flick the gore off of them. Um, it's not that big of a deal now. Okay. So, yeah. Are you ready? Are we teleporting somewhere immediately? Or are we just... Oh, yeah, we got to get Arno back to the house, like, oh, now, I think. Then, sure. All right. Okay. I touch Shadow. Kind of with my elbow, yep. as I use my other two hands to rip the you card. Ca- you kind of poke your foot over towards Arno, and you touch Arno's foot with well, your oh, foot. Shadow, shadow's holding. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I'm I'm so it's, it's just a chain. Yeah. Just a chain link. Yeah. You chain link. You rip. Um, the, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Right before this happens, yeah, yeah, can yeah. I look around and see if I can find that figure that was 
on the rooftop at all? Has, was he, is he yeah, watching? Yeah, go ahead and roll me a perception. That is... Uh, where's perception? Uh, that's a five. A five? Yeah. Oh, God. No. Very perceptive Can we get today? you some new dice someday? Right? That'd be really great. <laughs> it's odd because like, you've had two sets of dice that both hate you. It's awful. <laughs> you can use one of these, too. Okay. Um, uh, so you look around, and you don't know what it is, but right now everything is in full focus mode for you. You are in battle-ready stance at this current moment. Mm-hmm. You look around, and you're taking in a bunch of data. You're looking at the tops of buildings. You can't see anyone up there, but you're only like using a minutia of time to scan each one because you need to take in as much information as you can. Sure. Um, even if it's just at a base level, and you currently don't see him. Okay. Yeah. Then yeah, I just nod and just okay. hit on him. And Val, you rip the card in half. A mystical whirring racks your ears. You feel a twist in the world around you as dizziness sets in, and with the now obvious movement of colors and space, you put your hands out to steady yourself, and as you do, the movement stops, and you feel a gust of wind at your feet as you are now staring at your home in the tiefling quarter. A small playing card is stuck in the slats of your outer wall staring back at you. As you inspect it for a moment, it seems to disappear into nothing, as if in response to your arrival. Him, the cat, spies you and runs off to the garden, meowing loudly. A timid Greya slowly rounds the corner in her wheelchair, pulling off some gardening gloves as soon as she can see all of you. The curious face she wields turns to concern and woe as she sees you. She looks at Arno in your hands, Shadow. And she just says, Oh my, what has he gotten into this time? I think he would know a bit more about this than, do, than I would. Do you know a guy named Villavar? Or did you know a guy named Villavar? I guess it's probably a better way to phrase that. She kind of like looks down at her lap and Shitty shoots. wizard. Um, perhaps we should go inside. Uh, yeah, we can. She yes. rolls up the the ramp to the deck. I mean, he's dead now, but yeah, we we can. Oh my, um, Arno's not. Arno I, is uh, still alive. But... In, inside, probably. Yeah. Um, the door opens. You wheel inside. Greya motions at the table, and she says, "Um, I, I'm a proficient healer. I can help him. Where would you like him? Just laid out on the table. Yes. Um, and then I would just go over to the side and just slowly lay him out. You, we will need to clean that before dinner tomorrow. It, mm, you we'll lay see. you lay him out on the table, and you place one of you place his broken horn next to his head. Um, right now, his his head seems to kind of like weightedly lopsided to one side because of the weight difference. Mm-hmm. Um, she looks over towards him, and she kind of weaves her hands over the top of him. You feel his breathing steady and slow. And she says, good, he's asleep. Um, he, he should wake in a few hours when the spell wears off. She turns her attention to the both of you. Now for the both of you, who did this to my boy? Um, well, do you want who like physically did it or the, uh, the, the ringmaster? I'd like both. Uh, Villavar was the name of the wizard who is now dead, who is the one who actually did it. Mm-hmm. The one who sent him there, I have reason to believe, would be Arsenio. You see her face just, like, drop as she hears the name Arsenio. So we were going to go and have a chat? You could say that. But we will use not our mouths. Well, I will use my mouth. I have to use my mouth for spellcasting. But... I'd look down at my hands. I don't do much in the way of talking. You should put mouths on your hands. <laughs> she kind we of confusedly <laughs> like looks at you, Val, as you say that. I'm just saying. <laughs> She's like, you have an interesting way of breaking tension. <laughs> uh, I'm just pissed. I he, You said he's okay, right? Like he looks like he's going to be okay? He will be fine. It was yeah. a minor traumatic head injury. Then uh, Arsenio's going to get fucked up. Do those... And I'd point to my head and then his. Do those 
grow back. I'm sorry I don't know much in the way of... Sometimes. Um, it depends. It takes a very long time. And I, Val just kind of points to his head. Oh. Um, yeah. She kind of, like, answers your question, and as she does, this life is kind of just fading from her face as she looks down at Arno. Um, she stands up from her wheelchair, because she's not paralyzed or anything. She's just weak as, mm-hmm. an, as an older woman, uh, as an older tiefling woman. Um, and she uses the table for stability as she peers over it. As she kind of traces her eyes up and down Arno, she looks up at the both of you and she just says, that vile man has been a danger to my son for far too long. Vile man, has he done other things? She kind of looks down. Legally repercussible things? And she says, when you're a parent, there are certain things you learn. Some things you can protect your child from. And some... She glances at Arno. You cannot. Arno has grown strong and kind, but his curiosity has brought him the most joy in his life. He has delved deep into the arcane only to learn how to wield it with great prowess, and he has found ways to survive in this world with what meagerness we have held all these years. But in some places his curiosity is misplaced. Nowhere more than in the search for his father. By Demia, I try where I can to steal my rage, but my rage at Arsenia will never be abated. Once for abandoning me with a child and false promises, and ten times for abandoning Arno. Arsenio but? is Arno's father, but in blood alone. I had worked for the Guards for many years as a housekeeper. Over time, and after many failed attempts at having a child, Arsenio fell out of love with Selene and in love with me. Or so he told me. He promised me that he was going to leave her and be with me. I was a fool, but even more so was I a fool when I told him I was with child. He even named the child after him, only removing a few letters to get to the final name. Arsenio to Arno. We were going to raise him in secret, keep it, keeping him until Arno, oh sorry, Arsenio left Selene, but then she had Lyra. In that moment he had a choice to make, one of blood relation to retain the Guard line or one of bastard make, a child born out of wedlock. I was kicked out of the house and not allowed to return. Not only did I lose the only source of income I had for raising Arno, I lost the charade painted for me in the years leading up to it. That man may feign good intent, but every decision he has made has pushed Arno further and further away. The only reason Arno was employed by him was because I wanted Arno to have good opportunities in life, so I blackmailed Arsenio into giving him the job to tutor Lyra in magic, and he passed up every other applicant out of fear. Serves him right. And now, and she looks over towards Arno on the table, horn, broken, and bleeding. He doesn't even care about maiming his own son. He builds a mausoleum for one child with magic and spell to try and resurrect her from one day and leaves the other dying in the streets. I tell you all this because I need you to understand that I have chosen my next few words very carefully. I have had a lifetime to ponder them. And she reaches into her bag at her side and pulls out two minor healing potions, offering them to you, Shadow. That man has taken more from my boy than should ever be taken from a child. He will not take him, take from him, any more. Nor should Arno ever need to understand what has been kept from him. I want you to send Arsenio to Demia. Let the goddess of death decide where his soul is allowed to rest. But as long as I am alive, it shall not rest here. Valros's face goes from shock to calculating. And then as soon as she says that, there's this moment of just blank face and a big grin just begins to kind of creep across his his mouth. I think that can be arranged, yeah? 
I'd uh, I'd have the the minor healing potions in my hand and just like look up at her and just the solemn solemn acceptance of just like what she's just given to us and just nod my head and close my hand and this is this is what you want with your whole heart in my heart of hearts she pauses for a moment she says that man lost his permission to life when he brought one into it and didn't care for it Thal's just smiling and nodding this this can be arranged and I'd take one of the minor healing potions um, how much does this heal for? Sorry. It's only 1d4 plus 1D4. 4, but you know, it's it's enough to like bring someone up when they're down yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'd take one in my hand and just look at it for a second and then stash it away. Yeah. Thank you for this. You've never seen malice on Greya's face before. Mm-hmm. Um it seats itself oddly comfortably. Um although in most scenarios, you've only known her to be kind and encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, this looks like a face she has worn in private many times. Legally, would that make, say, Arsenio were out of the picture? Um, would that legally make Arno Arsenio's heir? She kind of... I'm unfamiliar with the laws of Evan. Well, you know, if we're going to go and see... Uh, my friends at the Vero here in a second, that's something we can ask them, but... That's something you would have to take up with the legal people who would need to test that. I'm not sure how you would get any type of understanding. Arsenio would never claim him as an heir. (laughs) Well, he wouldn't be able to claim much here in a few hours. More importantly, I think, for when he wakes, does he know of his... Interesting familial relationship to No, no. Do you want that to be kept secret? She kind of like looks down at the table once again, very pained. And she says, I'm caught in a difficult situation here. Mm -hmm. If Arno never has to know, and he never gains anything from it, mm-hmm. then no. But if it propels him to a high position of power and opportunity like he deserves, then perhaps after that is guaranteed, he can know. Fair enough. Understood. Val looks to Shadow. Shall we? She kind of shakes her head one more time. She says, oh, um... Even now, my rage blinds my kindness. Please, that girl, her, Lyra, whoever. She doesn't deserve any of this either. Please, for her, also, do whatever you can. Oh, yeah, that goes without saying. We will try. All right. She is my treasure, after all. I'm not, I'm not letting anything happen to her. <laughs> um, she looks back at the table, and she kind of starts waving her hands over Arno's head, and you start to see some of the wounds close on him. She says, um, I will be here for a while. Good. Um, I have some friends at the church we might want to talk to. Um, yes, we can do that. Especially considering that not only I yeah. was assaulted, but Arno were both members of the Vero. Yes. That's uh, not an organization you want to piss off. Given my history, I know tactically how to pull off some of these maneuvers that you may be wanting to do. I'm listening. (laughs) Um, I was just going to throw cards at the fucker till he died, but if you've got a better plan, please. Given my particular military position, I did some things in my past that have caught up with me, and I know a thing thing or two about infiltrating places. So what you're saying is... You have a very particular set of skills. <laughs> a set of skills you have accumulated over a long career. Ah. Ah. 
<laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. I had to. Meta. Um, I will find you. Oh, you want to go? You're gonna go scout. Oh, <laughs> I thought we were moving no. on. Sorry, I had to become Liam Neeson. For yeah, a second. you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, uh, still residing in in that teleportation box, you have yes. the, the blank two, yep. the church, and the, the guard barracks. barracks. But as I'm as I'm saying this, I want to look around uh, yeah. the outside to make sure that nobody had necessarily followed us, or sure. you know, take advantage of the fact that there is an old woman in this house yeah. with her recovering son. You walk over towards the door, you lock up the latch, and yep. you peer out the window. Make me another perception check with advantage this time, as Val probably will assist as Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll look to around, so. too. As yeah. I see you doing it, I'll be like, plus, yeah. I don't know what I'm looking for, right, but right, yeah. I'll look. Plus two, oh, it's 215, so 17. Nice, yeah, 17. Wow. You look around, and it's it's like, you see these like small flakes of snow starting to fall. Looking beyond, you don't see anyone um, who may have come and followed you. You look around at every window in the house over the course of the next five, ten minutes. Sure. You don't see anything in, in particular that catches your eye. Snow in Ebonvale, is that weird? Uh, you've never seen it before. Huh. All right. It gets cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like almost always like the winter, the coldest it gets is like fall. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like like low 40s. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like right near the equator, right? Right. It's pretty close, yeah. Odd. It's like Florida. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's oh, like Flo- God. Florida latitude. Suddenly this campaign makes oh, no. so much oh, more no. sense. Oh, crap. <laughs> Evanvale is Florida. <laughs> This uh, new this new news article, Evan Bale Man. Um hand off with magic. <laughs> uh so do you want to go and check out while I go talk to the Vero or do you want to go together? I'll go with you. Okay. Along the way I I guess I should be more forthcoming with my position and maybe background. Yeah, the fuck's of Vintner. to get yes. Um As we're walking along, I take, I stop for a second, and the only reason I'm telling you this is because we're going to get tangled up in probably some very interesting activities, and I don't want happening to you what happened to Mimi. Granted, you're not a little, small goblin being. Val kind of shrugs, I guess. Depends on who you ask. Have but you yeah. heard of the Nachtwanderer? His eyes go wide and his mouth is agape and he goes, No. What is, what, what, <laughs> what is that? Oh. <laughs> I just know that some people understand who they are. And so then I'd pick up walking again with you. Um, there are certain deals in the military that take a certain subsect that they don't want things to to leak out or particularly skilled people to perform jobs that may not be seen so well by the public. Jobs that they need to have done, that they want to have done, and that there's a particular group of people that make sure that they get done. He is their commanding officer. So you were one of these night wanderers? He is my boss. Got it. He, unfortunately, is also the one who shot Mimi. Oh, so he's a piece of shit. I would say, or so I'm learning, but I've known for quite some time. But there's information that he's been leading me on about for quite some time that I've been trying to garner from him. Well, we take care of Arsenio, and then we make this dude talk? We just make him give you the information? He's given me quite a lot, actually, recently, before all of this happened. Oh. It's just a matter of how it affects both you and her was my next step that he wanted me to take. And that step was? Testing whether or not you were particular beings 
that held magical prop properties. I mean, I have magical properties, but particular beings? I realize that you are not the same as her. <laughs> no, no, no. I think we're very different. I, yes. But my boss doesn't know that. So he thinks we're the same. Yes. Got it. And then at this point, are we close to the church? Yeah, you can be. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, it's close enough. Okay. Um, noted. Well, we'll we'll deal with that after we put Arsenio where he should be. Yes. You look up towards the church. The giant steeples peering down at you like a shadow, a colossus, hovering over the courtyard. You brace yourselves, and you walk towards the doors. The LAS Podcast Network. Always local, always authentic, always surprising. To learn more, visit laspodcastnetwork.com. Dope. That timing, though. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> All right, nerds. Info dumping. Are we out? Yeah. No, you, you guys are staying here. Oh, okay. okay. L A S.